warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Flicks, hot chicks, and sci-fi book picks. Say what pisses you off, tell us a joke about dicks. In the mix, you got the desk, i telling you where it's at. Stephen Gord, oh my lord, bowing down to bone fat. Podcasting your asses in nerdy, masterful classes. Speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses. Take your glasses off the set, I'm dropping bombs on your dome. In your home, pull your bootstraps up, it's time to burn chrome. Dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes, chewing on them curvy loads. Of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show. B-movie, holy men, wombat, metalhead, politics. Amen, independent artist friend Renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum Nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit Quick wit, crit hits of the populace Vulcan with some Romulus, rolling prime like Optimus from Body Count, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 119 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Do I seem mellow to you? You do. I wonder if you seem mellow because, like me, you're drinking a Lagunitas IPA. That is not the reason. Because I'm drinking a water, which is possibly from the lagoon, <laughs> which I pee Here I'm trying to drink a beer from your hood to make you. you more comfortable on the show, and you don't <laughs> even appreciate it properly. Uh, I do appreciate it, and I am I'm a lot more comfortable. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done this before. I tried uh, I tried kava tonight. Have you ever had kava? No. Is that like a, a coffee type thing? It yeah, sounds well, like you guys it would have be. legal pot up there. I'm <laughs> fucking around with kava. No, uh, a kava bar just opened up in town. It's a Polynesian drink. Did you ever read that book, Sex Lives of Cannibals? No, I have not. Okay. The, the story is guy working in New York at a at the World Bank decides to pack it all up and move with his family to, uh, to Fiji, I think, and, and really try to become local. And one of the things he does is he drinks kava. Mm-hmm. And the kava that he drinks in the book is like the real stuff that they drink in the island. And it's hallucinogenic and uh, euphoric. And he gets loaded on this with the locals. I think the kava they have in the States is like reduced to one 964th potency. And then they add a bunch of like dirt and just plain bitter. I don't know where they get bitter, but they add bitter to it. <laughs> so it's kind of like a Jamba Juice for junkies? Yeah, it's a junkie Jamba Juice. Okay. Sounds like, didn't Dr. Seuss write that? He might have. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I tried that. It's supposed to make you mellow. And yeah. uh, I don't know. This is different. It, was, uh, it did taste like bitter dirt. Not that that's a bad thing. I like bitter. I drink black coffee. And I feel a little bit more mellow. I'm not, uh, I think I'm probably 30 to 35% less likely to be addicted to you tonight. I wish that you would tell me before you do these things, though, because this is going to wreak havoc on what pisses us off. Oh, no. You didn't stop and think, did you? I really didn't. Now you're going to be gonna have to, like, happy when you're pissed off. And that that doesn't work. Maybe I'll be like a mellow piss. <laughs> like you, an angered hippie. It's hard to be mellow when our musical guest this episode is the one, the only body count. What? Featuring Ice-T and Ernie C, the band you remember from all the way back, 1992, the cop killer days of controversy. They are controversy. back with a brand new album called Manslaughter, which we will be featuring cuts of throughout the show. Plus a couple of throwback tunes as well. So pretty damn exciting. Additionally, I got to spend about 20 minutes chatting with Ernie C. And he is one of the coolest cats ever. It was such a fun interview. And I can't wait to share that with the listeners. So very cool stuff. That is awesome. I'm going to have to get my anger on. We've got body counts on. Body count. Body count. Body count. On with the body count. Very exciting. Very exciting. I listened to those guys way back in the day. Same here. I saw them at the first Lollapalooza. Like, they played with Nine Inch Nails, like, early, early, early for the first couple of bands. And, like, they had smoke going behind them, and it looked like a barbecue. The smoke never works right in the middle of the daytime at a show, I gotta say. No, it never does. It doesn't. They should just stop that. (laughs) It's kind of weird. 
But uh, still, they put on a super entertaining show. It was a lot of fun. And it's uh, a neat to see that they're still releasing very cool music. And the, the thing that caught our attention this time was their new cover of Institutionalized, the Suicidal Tendencies classic. And it was freaking so cool. Had to get in touch with them and feature them on the show. Indeed. Now, I never saw this band live, but I did way back in the day in college, I think, listen to their entire Cop Killer CD. It possibly was a cassette when I listened to it <laughs> uh, while drinking a fifth of tequila with other people in a kitchen, in an unconditioned kitchen in the middle of summer in Davis. So there's that. I still have the original CD because, you know, before the controversy even happened, we had seen them live at Lollapalooza. I thought it was cool. So when the CD came out a couple of months later, I picked that up and didn't think too much of it. And it was, I don't know, maybe like a month after the album actually came out when the controversy happened. So Yeah, yeah, like you. I, I heard it. I dug it. I moved on with my life. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no. Yeah, Rock now, and roll. Now it's man, a big thing. Rock, yeah. And I mean, talk about a band that has caught so much shit. Any other band would crumple under that kind of pressure. So it certainly shows fortitude that they're still around making badass music. I love it. Absolutely. So uh, before we get into what pisses us off, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming event that we've got coming on August 16th at Scarecrow Video in Seattle. Uh, Myself and Tony Kay, we're doing a movie night where we're going to play The Incredible Melting Man from 1977, along with uh, a few cool shorts from previous Bone Bat festivals, and maybe even some movie trivia and prizes from Tony K. We've named it after Tony's forthcoming podcast, which I'm really looking forward to hearing, Real to Real Dementia. So this is the first Real to Real Dementia movie night, and uh, I hope you guys can make it. Uh, I believe it's going to start at... 8 p.m. at Scarecrow Video on Saturday, August 16th. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I hope you can join us. They serve beer there. I also understand, uh, according to our event page, they have excellent chai. So not quite kava. No, not quite kava, but, but a lot better than kombucha. Oh, kombucha sucks. That's oh, that's just like thing. boogers and broth. Right, yeah. It's it's as bad as that bubble tea that was all the rage a few years ago. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. Don't put slime in your drinks, people. Yeah, I, I, I try not to drink slime, just as a rule. And as so, a general rule, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't like the kombucha. I you try know, not to put fruit in my beer. I try not to put boogers in my broth. <laughs> you know, I actually heard about kombucha from uh, Bloody Good Horror, another podcast. They were talking about it at some point, and so I like tried one after I heard on there. I'm in, like, Whole Foods or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'll try this. <laughs> Worst, worst, like, three bucks I ever spent. It was terrible. Wow, if you got out of Whole Foods with only spending $3, you're, you're amazing. Oh, I also spent probably $92 on a small piece of salmon. but <laughs> Right, and a, and a piece of pasta. You know, a speaking single of movie. that, why don't we jump right into what pisses us off right now? Yeah, Let's do this. Do it. And if you Go don't ahead. mind, I'm going to start. You do okay, it. Okay, we just came back from a week-long vacation in the Olympic National Forest. It God, was, it pisses me off. It was glorious. Julie... Oh. My lovely wife, Ska Mama, you know her from the show, planned really a great trip. Like, she hit all the high points. We uh, took the trailer and we jumped around about three times to different camping points on the both uh, western coast and the kind of northern peninsula. And uh, had a great time. But one of the things is the whole idea of, like, highway robbery. I can't think that was invented by somebody on vacation. (laughs) 
So we go to Jack. We're up at uh, Lake Ozette, it's called, and there's a, a really cool trail where you hike three miles out to the coast, and then you hike three miles along the beach, and you come back three miles. Well, the first three miles was gorgeous. It's glorious. The sun is shining through, dappled on the leaves. Every once in a while, you'd bust into a, a great big meadow that just appeared out of nowhere, and then like 30 yards later, it's gone forever. I mean, just really cool stuff, and it was all along this boardwalk that had been meticulously built through the forest. It was freaking amazing. So All right. then we spent the longest two hours of my life slogging on this rocky beach where like every one step you take takes like four steps to do it. <laughs> and so the kids, by the end of it, were exhausted. We finally get to the, to the, we didn't even know it was the trailhead. There were some people down on the beach that were getting ready to film the sunset. And we come up and we ask, hey, do you know where the trailhead is? And they're like, oh, it's right there. And we were going to keep walking for like another mile. So oh, my God. I would have never seen you again. Right. Yeah. So it was a good thing. So then we finally get back on the trail and we go back three more miles through the forest to get back to our camp spot. So after that, kids are exhausted. Everybody's surly. Our feet hurt. We're just hot and tired and sweaty. There's a little camp store not far away. And so we drive over there. Yeah, we're going to get the kids an ice cream. And so they they got like a great big old case of ice cream. And you look through them, and they're all priced like two bucks, three bucks, whatever. And so then I got like a nutty Sunday cone, like deluxe nutty Sunday cone. But I'm looking at them, there's no price on them. Well, that's okay. So I picked that one, of course. Everybody else wants the same one I'm getting. And yeah, so we get up that. to the counter, and we got four ice creams. Put them on the counter. That'll be seventeen sixty, sir. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, What? Yeah, they're $4.40 each. The only ones in the case that weren't priced, and they were priced well beyond all of the other ice cream. Did it say market price on there? <laughs> like lobster <laughs> right, on the menu? I know, right? And I'm just like, because I know I've bought these at 7-Eleven before for like 3 bucks. So I know I'm getting fleeced, but the kids are sitting there looking at me expectantly. And hey guys. they've just hiked 9 miles. I mean, they've earned that fucking ice cream, right? Yeah. And so it's like... So I just kind of smile and pay them up, pay the lady, and I just I know I'm getting robbed, and it pisses me off. But there's nothing I can do about it. I want to make my family happy, but the whole time, every lick of that fucking ice cream, I was just seething. Like, <laughs> no, oh my god, you better enjoy that ice cream, kids, because that blast ice cream every. So then, a couple of days later, we had similar thing. We go out on a hike, we go look at waterfalls, and we dip our toes in a lake. And we hit it hard all day. And we come back and we go to this little Blackberry Cafe to, you know, get some dessert before we go back to camp for the rest of the night. So we go in there and the kids all, they've been, saw the sign in the window. They're like, oh, let's go get pie. Let's go get pie. And so we go in there and the pie was seven bucks a slice. A slice? Yes. Wow. So was I ended this up, money pie? <laughs> I guess it must have been. So Julie, like, she's like, well, what can you want to get? And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just have a bite of yours. I would rather <laughs> not eat than, than get ripped off again. So people on vacation get just robbed. It's horrible. And it pisses me off. That sucks, man. Like, isn't that, like, just crazy pricing? That's, like, twice the price both those things should have cost. Yeah, every time you come across that little store in the middle of nowhere, though, you just, you just got to... Prepare, just open up that wallet, man, because you might be the only customer they get that day. So they're going to get all their money for the day from you. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like 15 minutes before closing. That was the thing. They were supposed to have soft serve. 
Yeah. So the whole reason we went to was to get ice cream cones, right? Sure. And so she goes, oh, yeah, uh, sorry, we're closing, so the machine's already shut down. I'm like, oh. Oh, oh, all right, fine. So then we go get the bars and get screwed that way. We're sitting out front at a picnic table eating our ice cream, and she, like, flips the close sign, like, nine minutes early. <laughs> and I'm just like, ass. She didn't want you to go in and mess up the bathroom that they'd already mocked. Oh, man. I, I would wipe crap everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what I know now. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. No, not but, your own crap. <laughs> your own crap, Father. <laughs> so what pisses you off, man? Man, nothing like that. Nothing like that. I mean, sure, I've, I've had issues. I, I don't know if you've been following my uh, my grill handle story with a broken grill at my barbecue, and they sent me the replacement handle, which is also broken. I finally got my third grill handle, and... Uh, showed up on the front porch, FedEx, and I was so happy that I grabbed the handle and I lifted it over my head like a Tusken Raider <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> and that's when I noticed a really nice old lady across the street who's looking at me and then like quickly looks away and busies herself with the nearest flower pot. We had a moment, I think, but I don't know. <laughs> that's so awesomely nerdy, though. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I thought of in my head. I'm holding this grill handle. Ugh! If some guy would have like walked by wearing a Luke Skywalker outfit, I would have hit him. <laughs> well, you would have tried. You would have missed his head on either side a couple of times first. He would have gone down, though. Then I would have <laughs> lost an arm, and that would have pissed me off. And then an old man would have scared you away with a dragon call. <laughs> well, didn't Ben actually kill one of those guys, or did he just no. scare him off? I thought yeah, he, he went, Oh, all, the, right. all the Tuscan Raiders ran away. The guy that lost the arm Because they the thought bar. it was a crate dragon, I believe. Look at you. You're How, amazing. How's that for a poll? That's amazing, Steve. <laughs> well, you know what I bet she was thinking when she what? saw you? There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> she was probably thinking, I bet he travels single file to hide his numbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What a weird neighborhood. Do we have any do we have any music we're gonna listen to? Yeah, this one. There goes the neighborhood. Wow, it's like you planned that. Don't say no 
going nowhere. We're moving right next door to you. Body count, motherfucker. And if those of you that don't like it, can't suck my Once again, that was There Goes the Neighborhood from Body Count. And joining us now, I am thrilled to be speaking with co-founder of Body Count, Ernie C. How you doing, man? Good. I'm doing good. I'm out here in Washington at an amphitheater 
almost getting hit by tour buses and semis, but I'm doing good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, welcome to Washington again, man. Yes, we love Washington. You know, I got friends here. You know, I know Duff McKagan. He's one of your your people up this way, and all you know, guys from Soundgarden. You know, we we got a lot oh, of yeah. people up here. So you're up here for the uh, Rockstar Mayhem Festival, correct? Yeah, that's correct. We're we just uh, it's going to be our third show on, on the Mayhem. We, then we have 28 to go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I know you guys are no uh, strangers to big festivals. I actually saw you for the first time at Irvine Meadows Amphitheater in 1991 at the very first Lollapalooza. Right, and then we did, we did, uh, we did I'm going to say this word because things have changed. Perry Farrell, we did Nigga Whitey at that one, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, you did a bunch yeah, of stuff with did. that one. I and I came out at the end with Jane's Addiction and did that song from The Gift. Yep. I remember that. Yeah, that was you know, fantastic. Here's the interesting fact. I've learned, uh, I learned this maybe a year ago because I met Dave Grohl. Uh, uh, Kurt, Kurt came to that show, his guitar player, you know, from Nirvana. Absolutely. He came to that show, and he, yeah, he loved the band. And I didn't get to meet him there, and I met Dave at a party not too long ago, and he says, we came to that show. Kurt wanted to meet you so bad because he's a left-handed guitar player, but we they were in the middle of, you know, they were hot then, you know? And he said, do we have a lead before we met you? So he came to me and said, I wanted to meet you just because of his memory. I thought that was so cool you know what i mean that's 24 great. years late, 20 years later he came to me and said hello you know that's fantastic yeah yeah so ernie tell me how did body count come together how did you connect with ice t to form this band in the history of the band i've known ice since high school he got tired of everyone borrowing money from him that we knew <laughs> <laughs> so he said y'all gotta get some kind of income so we started a band and uh I've known I since high school. I was in. We'll keep this quiet, but I was in a movie with him called Electric Boogaloo. Really? Yeah, I played guitar. He had on a much, bunch of Motley Crue looking stuff. Yeah, we were skinny. <laughs> <laughs> we were real skinny. We, we, we saw that not too long ago. We were looking at the old stuff. I said, "Wow, who's those skinny guys? We're a skinny band." <laughs> yeah, that was actually just on cable like last week. I got to watch that and keep an eye out for you guys. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just playing a double neck guitar. You know, I'm five foot six and I had a double neck. I was rock and roll. We got on tower. That's just the wildest. We were wearing fake leather and, you know, he had a bunch of studs on. We were breaking records. It's, it's some wild stuff, you know? <laughs> I definitely have to check that out. <laughs> Now, the, the whole cop killer controversy has been covered elsewhere, so we don't really have to talk about that here. But one of the yeah, things you know, that, It's still the same thing. Yeah. People don't like cops. You know, they're, they're beating people down. There's more video now. So we, that's been said. We're saying it every day. Yeah. So well, one of the things that I always wanted to ask you that I thought about is, like, for a, a young band, you guys endured an almost legendary level of bullshit in your early right. years between... That whole controversy, and you've lost friends in this band. At some point, did it become difficult to carry on his body count? Or did that just make you want to double down and be even more committed to the band than before? That's been the long takeoff right now for the eight years that we've been off. Because before, we were trying to do it too fast. We lost three members, and we lost one during the last record, and this and that. Body count is me and Ice, so body count's going to be body count. I mean, you, we can start another name for a band, but it, we're still going to play those songs, so why don't we call it body count? You know, he's going to sound the same. My guitar is going to sound the same. Mm -hmm. So we took off time this this time. We took off eight years, which is, you know, in this business is like a death sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, a lot of bands that we started with, people don't even know who they are. 
So, you know, I decided, you know, a few years back, I quit drinking. So I, I had a lot of time on my hands So about four years ago. So I had a lot of time. And I said, it's time to do a record, time to do some rock and roll. And so here we are. Fantastic. So what is the mechanism for creating music with you guys? Do you kind of write the stuff and send it to Ice-T? Or do you guys collaborate a little more with musical ideas? How does that work? The last record we did, we did it like that. He was in New York. I was in L.A., went back and forth. And to change a verse or change something, it takes a week back and forth. You know what I mean? Right. Going back and forth. This record, last summer, we took a month, a month of six weeks exactly, and sat in a house in Vegas, set up equipment in the living room, did like an Elvis record. You know, we played <laughs> every day. He got up in the morning, came down wrote the music, you know, we went out to see a movie, came back, played. That's why this record is good, because we really sat there and wrote a record, you know. It just, it just took six weeks together to write a good record. Well, I think it's a good compilation of tunes, and it's got a nice, fat guitar sound, which I'm really digging on. That has a lot to do with Will Putney. You know, when we, when we signed on Sumerian Records, the Sumerian Records has all the cool bands right now, you know what I mean? Absolutely, cool. yeah. The Faceless is a really good band that's on Sumerian that I'm a fan of. So, yeah, I was familiar with them and I was excited they, to see when you guys signed to Sumerian. Yeah, and people couldn't figure out why we signed to Sumerian. We're like, because we're going to go Warner Brothers and have no idea all these other companies have no idea. They had all the cool bands. They have all the cool producers. We're like, this is where we need to be. They have the cool record guys. Ash is super great. He got the band. He likes the band. So we're like, this is where we need to be. And so um, we got on board with them. And so they gave us some producers. I listened to Will Putney's records. I'm like, this is the guy who needs to, to do what we do. You know, because I produce Black Sabbath. I know guitars and things <laughs> like that. But I wanted to stay so far away from producing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about that because, I mean, Obviously, you're not intimidated easily. You work with Ice-T, but what was it like to work with Tony Iommi? I mean, as a fan, is it hard for you to say, hey, you know what? That take wasn't very good. you got to play that again for me, Tony. You know, I, I did that. I mean, I, I, I had to. Ice told me, he said, they hired you, not as a fan, but as a producer. Just act like you know what you're doing. So after I got over the initial hanging out with Tony Iommi and Jeff Beck's coming down and Jimmy Page is on his way and uh, Brian May came by to sit in the studio. Holy you know, shit. After you, get over, after you get over that, which you never <laughs> do, that's why I'm still talking about it 16 years later, <laughs> you start making a record. It wasn't the best record. It wasn't my best record. But it was a record, and, you know, it helped them to get to where they are now. Yeah, yeah, that kind of springboarded, I think, into the whole reunion shortly it, after it, that. So. It surely did, because I was sitting with Tony and saying, you should get together with your... He didn't realize how much people loved that band. You, oh, kind, yeah. you kind of get away from it, and you forget. Like like we're doing right now, people are dig our band, you know? Yeah. So you, you, you kind of get caught into yourself, then you, got, you have to say, the fans. And so I told him to get back together with his band, and next thing I know, you know, he's doing the Oscars. Yeah. Well, I got to say, man, Get a Grip is still a good tune off that album. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it's fun. And plus, he has the, the, the honor of saying he's been the only guest performer on a Black Sabbath record. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that's ever guest on a Black Sabbath record. That's true, that's, yeah. That, that, that's something in itself. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, man. Well, uh, so you guys are right now, you're rocking the nation on the Mayhem Fest. 
Yeah, we're having a great time. So, uh, last thing I'll leave you with, uh, one last question. We always ask all our guests on the Bone Bat Show, Ernie C., what pisses you off, man? Oh, let's see. You know, I'm pretty mellow these days. You know, I've, I've been pissed off and angry and upset. been an upset black man. Now I'm just like a, a you know, a mellow kind of guy. <laughs> what pisses me off in the world of music, guitar players that play off-key on stage, and I don't get that pissed off. You know, I'm pretty... Take it as it is. If I can't change it, I accept it. If I can't accept it, you know, I just change my attitude about it. So <laughs> that's basically it. Well, I, I guess it's good to leave all that rage on the album, right? That's why you have that. Yeah, Gives you, you a know, chance to vent people, a little bit. When people meet me, they're like, that music's so angry. I'm like, <laughs> and you're not. I'm like, yeah, because I put it all right there so I can walk around with, with no problems, you know? <laughs> Well, I got to say, you know, speaking of anger, I love your guys' remake of Institutionalized. The the fact that you oh. took a tune that resonated when I was 16 and right. made it resonate to me when I was 46, that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because we updated that song. I have to tell you this real quick. So we have to get the rights to do that song, right? Uh-huh. So we're looking around for who has the publishing rights to it. And we think it's Mike. Mike doesn't have the publishing rights to it. It's a guy named Glenn Friedman who's been ISIS photographer for day one, <laughs> who, who did the photography on uh, Rhyme Pays that far back. Really? So he, yeah, he's a, he owns the rights to that song. So he's like, y'all want to do the song? He heard the song. He's like, it's cool. You know, we, I love you guys. You can do it. But, you know, I'm a vegan and y'all are coming down really hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming down really oh, hard on great. the vegans. <laughs> and so I thought that's a funny story. This record has very interesting things to it. That was one. That, that's one I had to just laugh. I'm like, oh, so is he going to let us do it? He's like, you have to understand body count is extreme as you can get. You know what I mean? Yes. It has nothing to do with nothing. It's just extremeness. <laughs> well, why don't you tell our listeners about this next tune, man? The next tune will be talk shit, get shot. And that's the lesson of life. You talk too much, there will be repercussions. So that's what that's all about, you know? Absolutely. All right, check it out, folks. Talk shit, get shot. Thank you again, Ernie, for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Talk shit, shit. get shot. Act hard, motherfucker, get shot. Pop off, get shot. Run up, motherfucker, get shot. Motherfucker, I push back. 
fuck with me and catch a two, two, three. We in the age of the gauge, jump a lot to make the talk stop. Black ops, I fucking live for the headshot. Act hard, motherfucker, sick your chest out. Break north, bitch, that would be your best route. Don't test me, I'm a psycho with the rifle. Peace with the peace, bully with the fully. Once again, that was Talk Shit, Get Shot by Body Count, taken from their brand new release, Manslaughter, on Sumerian Records. Thank you again to Ernie C. for the awesome interview. It was so much fun getting to talk to him. And now, uh, how about a little weird shit, Gord? How about a little weird shit? I saw this headline. You saw this headline. (laughs) Click the story. Headline of the week, right? I mean, kind of. Russia loses control of lizard sex satellite. <laughs> How do you not click that link? I totally clicked that link. I clicked the shit out of that link. <laughs> you did. When you were done, that link was like, please, no more clicking. <laughs> the clicking, it gets stuck. That is a, a headline I've literally never seen before. No, I, I literally, I had seen Russia loses control. I've, I've seen the words lose control and sex. I've seen lizard and sex, not lizard and satellite. I don't think. No, never. But the whole all thing all together. Well, here's the story. Okay, tell listeners about the story. Here's the thing: Russia apparently is in some sort of race with the United States to do the most ridiculous money wasting experiments possible <laughs> in outer space, and so they were sending up a satellite full of geckos. It was like one well, full, like one male gecko and, and six female geckos, but. Russia's space program being what it is, they lost the satellite. So somewhere out in space, there's this gecko and his his geckoettes, and they're lost. So it's like a cross between uh, the movie Gravity and 
that T-shirt with the lizards fucking on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But you read the story. I read the story, and nowhere in the story did it talk about the lizards having sex. But they're still getting, no, because they're getting data. It's yeah, transmitting data. The, the, the sex data to the scientists. So they're getting information. They just don't know how long they're going to get it for before the satellite has gone wherever it's gone. Oh, okay. The version I read, they had lost touch completely. At least that's what that's the takeaway I had. Yeah, no, they lost control. So they couldn't steer it any longer. But they were still getting like the scientific data <laughs> transmitted back to Earth. Now, you so, see, like, every spin around the planet, they get this little... <laughs> yep. Yeah, totally. Gecko's still like at it. lizard porn, right. I have... This is how I picture in my mind that at some point, the satellite is going to... Its orbit will slowly descend due to gravitational pull. It'll Degrees, fall back. Yeah, it'll fall back to Earth. And, you know, the heat shield will protect it. And it'll crash land, and the Russians will rush there to get it and they'll crack it open and it will explode with lizard jizz like the elevators in The Shining. (laughs) Like everybody involved will be just soaked and coated in gallons and gallons of lizard jizz. Jizzard, if you will. Yes, jizzard. (laughs) All these Russians in the big furry hats with the red star on there. (laughs) Like, oh God, no, it burns. Yet. I've been slimed. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, 15 minutes or less. <laughs> Cannot save you from lizard ex- jizz explosion. Yeah, In Soviet Russia, lizard jizz is on you. <laughs> As opposed to in the U.S. where you just on a lizard? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever happened to Yakov Smirnov anyway? I don't know. Rumor has it he was killed trying to jizz on a lizard. <laughs> That's a he ter- just That's saw him a- racing out across Death Valley with his schlong in his hand. Going, <laughs> here, lizard, lizard! That is a tough way to go, man. That's a terrible end for a great man. <laughs> Good weird shit. But how about another tune, man? How about another tune, Steve? Another one from Body Count, from Manslaughter. This is Black Voodoo Sex. Yeah, a while ago I told y'all a story About me down in New Orleans Meeting an old lady with a voodoo doll But there's more to that story She had a daughter Way down in New Orleans I met this voodoo queen Finest bitch I ever seen A human sex machine A walking wet dream She said she wanted me She said come here boy I'll show you how to do this right You think you know about sex But you don't know shit I'm gonna fuck you all night She took me back to a crib Cold, dark and scary Connected to a cemetery A thousand candles lit I couldn't fucking breathe And then she pushed up against me And said, come here boy I'll show you how to do this right You think you know about sex But you don't know shit I'm gonna fuck you all night Sex Black Sex Black Sex, black Sex, black Sex, black 
Cause she's with blood red Then she chanted some voodoo shit She climbed on top of me And then she started to sweat Her body was soaking wet She said come here boy I'll show you how to do this right You think you know about sex But you don't know shit I'm gonna fuck you all night again black voodoo sex by body count from manslaughter the sequel to the tune voodoo off their 1992 self-titled release how cool is that it was a sequel if you have black voodoo sex is that the prequel to Jimi hendrix voodoo child i don't know but i bet you voodoo dick was involved i think it probably was remember back when we used to do filthy joke of the week i do i remember that was the thing we did voodoo dick that was voodoo dick my ass so, not, uh, mul- not to be confused with Gangsta Dick, which was a totally different episode. Or Evil Dick, which is another body count tune. A lot oh of gosh. dick going on, I tell you. There's so much dick in this. Dick, 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 dick. <laughs> So multimedia triage, dude. What are you uh, digging on right now? Oh, did you do the, the Destiny beta? You know, I gotta say, because of the big vacation and... Kind of coming off all of the activities, Crypticon and all the crazy stuff I was doing. Last couple of weeks, I've really powered down media-wise. I haven't done as much as I probably should have. So. Okay, yes, you've you, got certain responsibilities for the yeah, show. You're, you're going to be uh, carrying the weight in this triage, I think. All right. Well, I did the Destiny beta. It is the forthcoming game from the folks at Bungie, in case you've been living under a rock. They're the ones that did Halo. Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo... Anyway, you get the idea. They're trying something new. It's Destiny, and they had a beta, which I didn't realize was only going to be out for a few days before they pulled the plug. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's, it's going to be... The game is released September 9, but the beta was basically a long weekend, and then that was that. Oh, wow. 
So, so did I they didn't like play it. delete from your hard drive at the end of the time, or can you still play it? Well, it's one of these newfangled games where so much of it is their servers talking to you. So I guess they're just not letting the servers talk to you now. It's still sitting on my uh, hard drive on my Xbox, but I haven't tried to play the beta since then, since I know it's off. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. This game, Destiny, it's got a lot going for it, but there's a lot going against it as well. I don't know if it's going to if it's gonna work out. What type it's, of game is it? It's a mashup of all the other games you played in light. Okay. You'll like it, Steve, because it's more than anything else, it's Mass Effect. Oh, okay. There's three different classes of characters. It's essentially a first-person shooter RPG, mm-hmm. and you can be the... I don't even know the names. We're going to call them the magic user, the brawler, and the sniper, because that's essentially what they are. Okay. And you run around shooting monsters, shooting aliens, picking up power-ups, picking up weapons, and then you got to go back to the base and find out what some of the mystic weapons are, have someone identify them for you, and then you can load them in your arsenal. It's it's also a lot like uh, Borderlands in that you're getting loot and you're constantly upgrading your character, gaining levels and getting better loot, but the loot is just minute compared to what you get on Borderlands. Oh, okay. The the actual combat mechanic, the the fighting, which is the the gist of the game, is really solid. It's fun. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's visceral. The enemies are smart. They'll try to flank you, they'll they'll rush you, they'll try to get around you. And you're uh, you got a lot of different kinds of guns, powerful guns that shoot slow. Less powerful guns that shoot fast. You know, so you're making decisions, and it's a very fun mechanic. But you're also automatically out there with other people that you may or may not even know, and they're in your fire team. And during the beta, I wasn't playing with anyone I know, so there were just random strangers also sort of running around shooting crap, and I didn't care about them because oh, so, I basically hate people. So is it like Titanfall where it's always online all the time? I believe that's the case. Okay. I don't know, and I didn't even get a chance to try the multiplayer deathmatch type stuff. I was just doing missions. But yeah, I think it's online all the time, which leads me to my first really big bitch, and that's the cutscenes. You do a mission, and then you got to go back to base. And you, you end up staring at the same stupid spaceship floating for like a minute while it talks to the mothership and gets you ready to go to the next level. The cutscenes last a long time. Oh, so kind of like the elevator in Mass Effect. <laughs> yes, see, you will love this game, Steve. The other thing that's, that's horrific about this game is an actor whom I really like when he plays Tyrion, Peter Dinklage. He plays your trusty robot sidekick, and he tries to play it straight, and he sucks at it. It's, really? Yeah. You almost want to go, oh, oh, that's too bad. No. <laughs> you know, maybe we should have had Claptrap or Cortana or someone, but <laughs> even Wheatley from, from Portal 2, no. <laughs> and to have a, like a whole epic game that lasts hours and hours and having to listen to him, that's going to be unfortunate. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Maybe if they go back and re-record his parts, maybe you'll get a chance to like substitute Homer Simpson's voice or something instead. <laughs> Overall, though, Destiny looks like a pretty cool game. It, it tries really hard to be epic, and that kind of grates on me, but I know a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. September 9, it comes out. Saw a movie. Went out of the house. Saw a movie. Well done. Yeah. Saw Snowpiercer. Which so, this besides is so weird, the name like, of a sex toy. Yeah, when you mentioned it to me, I had not heard a thing about this movie. 
And then I saw it's like on the billboard. So I don't know how I missed this, but uh, what is the film about? It's based on a graphic novel, and it's about this uh, apocalyptic train going around the world. The tra- The world is a frozen wasteland where nothing can survive now. The only life exists on this amazing train that goes around the world nonstop. And up in the front of the train are the high-class passengers with their gardens and their music and their fine foods. And in the back of the train are all the proles living in filth. And there's a revolution of brewing on this train. Hijinks ensue. I can't really tell you too much more without starting to give things away, but it's a cool story. You can take it on a lot of levels, and the, the people in the back of the train trying to take over the train by fighting their way to the front. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Bong Joon Ho, who was the guy that directed that cool pollution monster movie called The Host. Yeah, so that was you a may great have run film. into him there. Yeah. And the movie stars no one I'd ever heard of except Tilda Swinton, who was fabulous in this movie. Mm-hmm. None of the other actors I, I knew who they were. Uh, check it out, though. It's a it's an action-packed, fun romp of a movie. It kind of sounds like a cross between Elysium and Titanic, in a way. And Speed. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing could be as bad as that movie. Well, I like Speed. At the speed time, was awful. At the time, that was a fun film. No, I walked away from that film going, what did I just waste my money on? It was dumb as hell, but it was still, like, compulsively watchable. You weren't going to walk out in the middle of it. After you left, you might poke holes in it, but it was entertaining. And it has Sandra Bullock in it. (laughs) Right, exactly. I like her. That may have begun my hate affair with Sandra Bullock. What's wrong with her? She was great in Gravity. She was awesome. Yes. She's good in a lot of stuff. She is in a lot of stuff. And... You know, whenever I see a movie with her in it, I go, oh, Sandra Buttock, I hate you. Oh, see, making fun of her name. You don't have to do that. All right, you're, Sandra Buttock, but that's what I say. You're better than that, man. You're I really say that, that, though, out loud. I believe it. No, truly, I, she annoys the crap out of me. You know, I went to a movie. I saw a movie that you have seen, but I saw it in a totally different way. Julie and I went to Future Folk Live and saw The History of Future Folk. The movie that you reviewed on the show a couple episodes ago, and then yeah. saw them play live some space Hondo bluegrass right in front of us. That was kick-ass. That was totally fun. That's awesome. That was a lovely evening. Dude, free beer. Free, free beer? The Dude 206 people put on this show, and it was fantastic. It was at Central Cinema, where we host the Comedy Horse Film Festival. They had free beer from Goose Island Brewery. Just walk up that free pizza. It was fantastic, man. Wow, even we don't have free beer and free pizza. Yeah, we ordered some food anyway because we want to support Central Cinema, obviously. But that was just a great time. And seeing the movie, what had happened was you had reviewed it, right? Right. And I watched like the first half hour of it, and I was so charmed with it. And I was like, oh, I got to stop watching this and watch it with Julie. Because it's just too sweet and too fun and too charming, and the music is great. And there's so much awesome stuff going on in that in the history of Future Folk. It's a great film. You were absolutely right about it. Why, thank you. So right after that, I said I wanted to wait. And then this uh, announcement came up about this show. And so it was perfect. And Julie really didn't have much of an idea what we were going to see. Oh, cool. 
I mean, she watched the trailer, but she didn't kind of get a really bluegrass from space. Whatever. Yeah, really. There's a guy with a bucket on his head. What? Yeah, what? what? What in the hell? And so we go, and we're standing in line for like 15 or 20 minutes waiting to go in. And they're like in the line. There's a bunch of people with buckets on their heads. Nice. <laughs> you know, dressed like Hondo. I mean, it was it was just so much fun. And the music was great, and they played great live. They played a couple of cuts that weren't in the film. Oh, and wow. It was super fun. We had a wonderful time. So I think the tours might still be going on. So look up their website and see if you can catch a date near you. If you can, it is an absolute blast. You want to see it if you can. Too much fun. Yeah, it came down here to the San Francisco Bay Area, and I was thinking about going to it. However, I ended up having dinner with my in-laws. Uh, yep. Sometimes that's that's what you got to do. But uh, I guess so. It was a great time. We had, and you know, thank you for pointing us in the right direction. Because you're you welcome. That's what I'm here for. If you hadn't reviewed it here on the Bone Bat Show, I never would have had that experience. Well, dang. Yes, it's true. It's almost as if you've had Kava. It is almost like that. A couple other live events, of course. Uh, we had Cave Evil Live at Games and Gizmos, which was a ton of fun. Joining uh, me to play that game, we had uh, Patrick, who uh, was one of the attendees of the Bone Bat Film Fest, uh, Damien, John, and uh, Eric Morgret, our good friend, and uh, it was a great time. As I mentioned before, Cave Evil, you each player plays a necromancer who is trying to destroy his enemy necromancers in this underground necropolis, and uh, what happened was... One of the players exploded a bomb, which cut the players in half. Two of them oh. were destroyed. And then the endgame scenario kicked in where you had to rush to the statue, destroy the statue, rip out its eyes, and take them back to your lair. Goodness. And uh, one of the players was able to succeed, Damien, and it was a fantastic good time. It was really cool. Uh, everybody had a really fun time playing. Patrick was the runner-up. Uh, both of them received Crypticon t-shirts for their troubles, uh, courtesy of Eric from Crypticon. Thanks again to Games and Gizmos for hosting it. Thanks again to the Emperors of Eternal Evil. And uh, thanks again to Patrick, Eric, Damien, and John for playing with us. Uh, who knows? I may try to get another game going around Halloween time, but the game is really fun, and it was neat to dig into some of the stuff that we weren't able to do when we played it at Crypticon because we had a little more time to dig into the rules. I think we played for like four hours, so we really got in-depth into the game. It was a Jeez. lot of fun. And wow. finally, uh, I attended the record release party for Ceremonial Castings and their brand new album, Cthulhu, which I picked up a copy of at the show. And there's a separate disc that comes with the Cthulhu album that's only available if you buy the disc. And it's like a 62-minute single cut, this atmospheric, awesome Cthulhu creepy cut. It is so good. So definitely you want to buy that CD. Go to ceremonialcastings.bandcamp.com and pick it up. It's really good. And, of course, they are fantastic to see live. They put on such a great black metal show with spikes and lights and smoke and awesome atmospheric creepy music. Too much fun. Had a great time. Badass. So that was what I was up to when I wasn't playing video games or doing other important things. Man. 
I was playing video games and watching movies and reading books. I, I read a book and it wasn't it wasn't even a Horace Heresy book, Steve. Did you? What was it? I read The Gollum and the Genie. Have you heard of this? Have you read this book? I haven't. The Gollum and the Genie. It's a book by uh, Helene Wecker. I guess it's her her first novel. And is she related just, to Talia what? Wecker? <laughs> I think so. Yes. And they hosted a dance. It What's, was the, the wecking ball. What's wrong with me? Go What's ahead. wrong with Sorry you? Sorry to interrupt you. Go on. No. Yeah, the Gollum and the Genie. And the, the gist of it is New York, around the turn of the century, a man decides to go to America and he wants a perfect wife, perfect obedient wife. So he gets the local, I guess you'd call him, magician, Jewish mystic, to make him a golem, a female golem, which will be his wife. But he dies. He brings her to life, and then he dies on the ship over. So there's this golem in New York, and she has no master to serve, which is a bad thing for a golem because they're creatures to serve and to destroy enemies. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there is this genie who's been trapped in a bottle for a thousand years and he ends up in a tinsmith shop and the tinsmith inadvertently releases this genie and the genie is trapped in human form once he gets released he still has a lot of powers and he's a creature of fire but he can't get back to his true genie form he's got an iron bracelet on his wrist and he was imprisoned in that bottle by an evil necromancer and it's the story of these two non-human powerful entities in this strange land of New York. It's not a love story. The genie and the golem are not, you know, lovers that ride around Central Park in a carriage. It's not that kind of book. But it's it's just a cool book like you have not read before. It, it's a cool story of these two monsters. So is it like Fifty Shades of Clay? <laughs> I am so angry I didn't think of that first. <laughs> Yes, it is Fifty Shades of Clay. <laughs> Let's just drop the mic right now. For the podcast. <laughs> oh, rub the bottle. Rub it. Oh, yeah, and really, that's it. I think we should go to another song. All right. We're going to check out one that you mentioned previously, actually. This is from 1992, the debut album Body Count, Body Count Anthem. All right.
Once again, that was Body Count Anthem by Body Count, taken from Body Count, the 1992 release. Uh, you can find Body Count stuff at bodycountband.com. Because like the nickel slots, they didn't get the actual URL for the Yeah, band. but unlike the nickel slots, we're not going to make fun of them. <laughs> no. Because they could Because if we talk shit, we'll get shot. We'll get I've, shot, yes. Yeah, it's I've it's right there song. on Front Street. They tell you up front. Yeah. Talk shit, so. get shot. You know what? I'm not going to talk. Oh, did I you mention know? that the nickel slots are banned from the show for life? <laughs> <laughs> did I happen to the, mention that? The only band to ever get banned from the podcast. <laughs> Damn you, Paul. <sighs> With your penis clips. <laughs> Hey, Shit. speaking of, actually, I wanted to talk about a couple other album releases that All are right. forthcoming this that might be even. of interest to our listeners. Weezer, who we featured on the show previously, you can pre-order their new album, Everything Will Be All Right in the End, via Pledge Music right now, which is the website where uh, previously Fishbone had their release of uh, Crazy Glue from that site, and Entombed, when we featured them, their record re-release campaign was through pledge music so it's a very cool site where the artists get all the money for their product which is always a very good thing that's uh, the way to do it exactly so that album uh, everything will be all right in the end releases on september 30th so you've got like 63 more days to pre-order which is very cool additionally primus is releasing an album called primus and the chocolate factory with the fungi ensemble on October 21st. It's basically a kind of a remix of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory soundtrack. The fuck? Yes. And you can already listen to the song Pure Imagination. You remember that one? They've got that on their website. And it is so cool. And it's basically all the music with some other Primus touches mixed in. I mean, how cool is that? That's substantially weird. But That's amazing. Like when you grew up, I mean, I think I saw that movie in school, in the school gym, like with my fourth grade class. I just remember being freaked out by the Oompa Loompas. Oh, the whole thing was freaky, but it was cool and it was awesome. And everybody of our generation saw it and even probably knows most of that music. So having something that's so lodged in your brain be twisted and warped by Primus of all bands... And yeah, the only song I remember is the Oompa Loompa song. You don't remember Pure Imagination? No, I don't remember There's that. a bunch of other songs you would recognize. I probably there. would. The Candyman is in there as well. Nothing. I'm getting nothing, Steve. Really? The Candyman can? You don't know that song? Okay. Yeah, well, anyway. I only know the, the messed up rugby song version, the S&M Man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Oh, anyway, okay. Primus, so that's coming out on October 21st. And additionally, you can order Primus Candy Bars. From Pennsylvania's Asher's Chocolates, they have a Mr. Crinkle Bar, which is uh, crisp rice, Professor Nut Butter Bar, which is, of course, peanuts, and the Bastard Bar, which is dark chocolate. Now, as you know, we Bone Bat Film Festival folks are big fans of chocolate, so I'm more than a little curious as to what those might taste like. They taste like Gene Wilder, actually. <laughs> oh, God. That's horrific. <laughs> But if he tastes like the front of the candy bar, it tastes like the front of Gene Wilder, and he's flipping around, it tastes like his back. His snozberries. Yeah. <laughs> snozberries. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention, too. Steve Lang, the uh, director of the films Junk Bucket and Junk Bucket 2 Junk Bonds, 
has recently started a Kickstarter campaign to purchase the Palmer House from Twin Peaks and make it into a Twin Peaks museum and tourist destination. Weird. The house itself is actually in Tacoma, Washington, and uh, he has all kinds of cool plans to make the basement into the Red Room if this Kickstarter is actually to happen. It's been getting a ton of great press. Uh, lately, it was mentioned on Nerdist and a number of other places. So if you were a fan of Twin Peaks and would be interested in visiting such a museum, throw them a few bucks. Uh, again, I will put a link to that Kickstarter campaign on the Bone Bat page. So I hope you have a moment to check that out. Wow, well done. All righty, thank yous. I'd like to thank again Ernie C. and Body Count for letting us play their music on the show. Also, Thanks to Sumerian Records for uh, setting up the whole interview. That was fantastic. Again, I'd like to thank uh, Gord for being on the show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure, sir. You did have the kava. You're so mellow and nice tonight. (laughs) Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com got new content on bonehand.com when we do occasionally the home of the heavy half hour i gotta get back on that i still haven't done another show and i've got a lot of backed up metal so uh when it happens it's going to be loud and large yeah you don't want to have your metal backed up you want to be regular with that yeah it hasn't been regular there's going to be a problem Oof. my suggestion get some good reading material (laughs) i will do so do you have a website gordon i do it's mighty wombat Com. I also got uh, MightyWombat.com. Spell it all out on the Facebook. You got to spell out dot and spell out com because Facebook, what are you going to do? But we have a Facebook page too. We, we do. as in you and me. I just posted uh, some of that new uh, Deadpool footage there from Comic-Con. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it looks fantastic. It's too bad the film's never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so much coming out of Comic-Con is just heartbreak. Yeah, it is. Do you miss it? You know, we went, what, five, six years ago? I do not miss it. Glad I went, but it just seems like it's just a big, crowded, mainstream media thing, not so much the weird comic thing. Yes, someone someone commented, that, like, if you, if you don't like the Avengers, now you're an outlier. <laughs> right, yeah, which is... A, that's a weird world we live in, man, where, like, Game of Thrones is number one and Walking Dead. Like, all the nerdy shit is red hot, which is pretty cool because all those things are more accessible now. So perhaps that'll mean more of that type of entertainment going forward? Maybe so, or maybe there's really cool stuff that's happening that we're not aware of because we're so caught up in what's popular now. Yeah, well, that could be. There, but I mean, there, I just threw some depression at us. The Seahawks are number one, dude, so... <laughs> Weird things happening this year. That's just kind of been how it's been. Strange things. And you know one of the things that came out of Comic-Con? This Wonder Woman picture controversy. I guess there's a picture of the new Wonder Woman from the upcoming Batman versus Superman movie. You heard about this? Yes, I saw that. I've seen the picture. Okay. So you've seen the picture? Yes. Powerful Amazonian-looking woman. Yes. Nobody is happy. Nobody is happy with that picture. You know what? DC fans... Or a pain in the ass is what it is. They're not happy about Affleck being Batman either. I don't give a shit if Affleck is Batman. He's going to be fine. I don't yeah. care if Gail Judo, what is her name? I, I have no idea. I don't even know. Yeah, it, the thing is, she's not Linda Hamilton. And there's a whole 
bunch of us that have been brainwashed by Linda this incredibly Carter. beautiful woman. Linda Carter. Saw our, oh, Linda sorry. Hamilton is uh, T2 Sarah right. Connors. Also beautiful, powerful woman. Yes. But in our impressionable age, we got brainwashed into thinking that's what Wonder Woman should look like. And so anything that's not her, we're like, ah, it's not her. Yeah, no, that's her right. That's Wonder Woman for us. They need to make a whole new Wonder Woman that looks nothing like her. Don't even try. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fine. People she could are be like a pissy Asian it. chick, or she could be like an actual Amazon who would have dark skin if she's an actual Amazon Amazon. I mean, Marvel fans are lining up to see a fucking raccoon in a tree in a movie this week, and people on the DC side are bitching about that Wonder Woman doesn't look right. I don't get it at all. I don't either. So, yeah, Leave Wonder whatever. Woman alone. I'm probably going to go see the movie when it comes out. I don't you probably care are. that her armor, that she looks armored. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Why that's any sort of controversy, I have no idea. People have too much time on their hands. Yeah, you know what the thing is, though? What? She's pretend. It can be anything. <laughs> she is, She's right. not real. <sighs> I tell you. Okay, good. Now we're all pissed off again. There we are. Perfect. I guess the kava didn't take... I guess not. I'm out. I need to go get another kava injection. All right, Are you, you supposed can... to get it as an injection? I thought it was like a tea. I don't know. Anyway, we're both on the Twitters. I am Bonehand over there, or we have a Bonebat Twitter feed. It's been kind of quiet this month as I've been doing other stuff, but uh, it'll fire back up shortly, I would think. And uh, everything I have to say exceeds 140 characters, so. <laughs> right. But he is Mighty underscore Wombat on there, if he didn't already say that. I didn't, and I am. Again, thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. We always like new listeners, and uh, I haven't got any emails from people recently saying, hey, it's the first time we've heard you. So that would be pretty cool if we could make some of that happen. Finally, let's close out tonight with the tune we mentioned previously. One of the epic tunes from the brand new Body Count album, Manslaughter. This is their remake of institutionalized from suicidal tendencies and what i love about this is that it took a song about what it's like to be pissed off as a teenager and perfectly updated it indeed ice t is a genius so i hope you enjoy institutionalized once again i'm steve this is gord have a good one i do have a good one but all i wanted was a pepsi I came home from work the other day I was tired I just wanted to sit back in my big chair And play a little Xbox You know, relax a little Then my wife comes in She starts telling me I play too much Xbox I said, what the fuck do you mean? This is just how I relax Can I just play a little Xbox? Then she says I saw on Oprah today That guys that play video games Don't love their wives I'm like, motherfucking bitch, fuck Oprah. I don't give a fuck. I just want to play my video game. I don't give a fuck about Oprah. Oprah ain't got no man. You better worry about your motherfucking self. I just want to kill some motherfuckers on Xbox. She said, you seem like you have an anger problem. Maybe you need some help. I'm like, bitch, call the police now. Gonna be institutionalized. You come out brainwash, bloodshot eyes. You won't have anything to say. They'll brainwash you, GC, they wait. I'm not crazy Institution You're the one that's crazy Institution You drive me crazy Institution You put me in the institution Said it was your own solution To give me the professional help To save me from the enemy myself The other day I go on the internet I'm just trying to check my email 
So I put in my password. It says I have an invalid password. I know my fucking password. So then it says go to customer service. So I get on customer service. I start talking to this dude. This motherfucker sound like he's from India or some shit. He says to me, what's your first dog's name? I don't know what my fucking first dog's name was. What the fuck's the matter with you? I just want my password. Give me my fucking password. So then he ends up giving me my password. And he says, your password has been sent to your email address. I'm like, I can't get in my email address. What about can't get in my email address? Do you not understand, motherfucker? He says, oh my God, it seems like you have an anger problem. You should have that checked out. Ah! I'm not crazy. Institution. You're the one that's crazy. Institution. You drive me crazy. Institution. You put me in the institution. Said it was the only solution to give me the professional help to save me from the enemy myself. The other day I'm just sitting alone on lunch break at my job, trying to eat a ham sandwich. Got little potato chips in the side, little Kool-Aid. This motherfucker walks up to me and says, are you going to eat that? Like, yeah, I'm going to eat that. What the fuck you think I'm going to do? Shove it up your ass? Do you understand that that pork could kill you? Look, motherfucker, pork is not going to kill me unless they figure a way to shoot it out of a fucking gun. But I kill you if you keep fucking with me. He says, hey, calm down. I'm a vegan. Fuck a vegan. I could give a fuck if you eat sawdust, motherfucker. Just step away from my fucking sandwich. He says, do you realize how much sugar is in that Kool-Aid? I said, do you realize how much blood is in the human body? Do you want to see it, motherfucker? He said, oh my God, you need therapy. You have an anger problem. I'm not crazy. Institution. You're the one that's crazy. Institution. You drive me crazy. Institution. You put me in the institution. Said it was the only solution to give me the professional help to save me from the enemy myself. Suicidal. Dick, 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 dick. How many dicks is that? A lot. <laughs> <laughs>